didn't name her Eve. Uh, I was listening to Matt Chandler, saw him, he says, God didn't, Adam didn't name her Eve. He just called her woman, which means mine, you know, or wife. He's like, oh, whatever that is, I want it. You know, she's, uh, you can have all the water buffaloes and everything else, but that, that's mine. Uh, and so that's all, that's what she was called for, for a while. And uh, it says, uh, then after, in, in uh, verse, they get kicked out of the garden, and on their way out, he decides to name her. And he says, you know what, from now on, your name's going to be Eve, which means the mother of all living. But they hadn't had any children yet. There was nothing. He had just named her Eve. Why? Uh, God had already hardwired into her that nature, nurturing, that, that caring, that loving nature was already there before she ever even had children. And that's, uh, that's something that's been uh, wired into um, wired into women. And it's not just simply for the fact of being a mother, but it's for, it's for something greater. You know, back then he dreamed of the body of Christ, that whole family of Christ. He knew about it before time began, that even as women uh, would be a part of this thing we call family, his family, and that's wired into you, that you bring something here, whether you have biological children or not, you bring something to the place that, that allows you to be, uh, to, to bring something uh, called mothering to, to um, this group uh, of his family. I want to thank you for that. I want to thank you for, for, uh, for what you bring. You know, think about Mother Teresa. She never had any kids, and yet no one would say she wasn't a mother. Why? Because, because it's the, that thing that's wired in you. And so no matter, you know, what age you're at, we uh, want to say thank you for what you bring uh, to the family, to this family uh, as well. And, and uh, it's, a big, it's a big, big deal. We don't take that for granted at, at all. Um, for those of you who have children, uh, I've tried uh, to be Mr. Mom. Uh, for a few days. Uh, Beth went away on a conference and left three of the four, so I only had 75% of our kids uh, at, our, at our house, and I had to try and be Mr. Mom, and I was like, man, the, you know, I thought, like, I thought my job was hard sometimes, uh, but this is like, being a mom is like really, really hard work. Thinking, man, she works full-time, overtime, day shift, night shift, sick days, holidays. She works it all. Um, it's, uh, and, and that's still, there's some, some of those times where you make the mistake of, uh, mentioning that you you know she doesn't like you know bring any uh, any funds into the uh, into the equation bad idea man don't mention don't ever mention things like that uh, they they did a study a while back actually a long while back uh, in 1981, they did a study just to measure if we hired moms for all the stuff that they do, they would have made the equivalent, well, they would have made $40,000 a year then, which is like the equivalent of like, you know, a million today uh, with inflation. So it's, uh, it, it's pretty amazing what you, what, uh, you moms are able to do, and it's, uh, it's pretty, pretty incredible. I know now why ma, uh, my wife no longer hears the word mom, 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 mom. It's just she just drains that, drowns that right out. Uh, read this, the most creative job in the world involves fashion, decorating, recreation, education, transportation, psychology, romance, cuisine, literature, art, economics, government, pediatrics, entertainment, maintenance, purchasing, law, religion, energy, and management. And anyone who can handle all those things is a pretty special somebody. Well, that person is. You know, th th those, are, those are the moms that we want to uh, recognize and honor today, too. And whether you're a mom or not, we can learn from some of the things that, that moms do, things that uh, the, the Bible says to them that are great points for, for each of us. And uh, so I want to just take a quick look at that. You know, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, you want to zip over there with me. This one's for the kids. So if you're a child, you, no matter what age, Grant, uh, listen to this one. It says... Uh, in Ephesians chapter 6, um, verse 1, it says, uh, children, obey your parents. We stop right there. We're done. That's it. It's good. You guys can go home, live that. You'll, you'll, I know. Uh, it's amazing. He's talking to you. Uh, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. 
honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you, and you'll have a long life on the earth. It's, uh, it's you know, this thought's based on Exodus 20, which talks about the Ten Commands, but honor your father and your mother. Honor them is something that uh, is, you know, we rarely hear of that, that word. We don't hear of it often, but it's something that he says is so important. It's one of the Ten Commandments. It was the first one they said, if you do this, it was, it was one that had a promise attached to it. If you honor your parents, things will go better for you. Uh, if you honor your parents, you will live longer. The Bible, the Bible says that. And you know, it's, it's uh, one of those things where we, we realize it, just uh, looking around, that it is very true. Yes, yes, you guys, you parents, you can pay me more for this. This is good stuff. Um, honor. Honor means this, if like, okay, yeah, I'll honor my parents. This is what it means. You listening? You listening? You listening? You know what's funny? Because I asked some of, the, uh, some of the youth today. I mean, it narrows it down, so you're going to know it's a few of these people in these rooms. What did you do for your mo- What did you do for Mother's Day this year? Uh, for your mom this year? And one guy's like, "Oh, nothing." I'm like, "Really? Why not?" Oh, I'm so busy. And I'm like, "So busy?" I'm like, "That's new." Like I, this guy's always got all kinds of spare time. I'm just, oh, I'm just too busy. Thinking, man, of all the things his mom has done for him, and he's just too busy. Another one was like, "Yeah, I made my mom a card. It says I love you more than cows." And I was like, "Well, okay then." Um, it, Wonderful. You know, but that's why <laughs> Lily, it may have, one of, those, one of those things, what did you do for mom? And so often we forget and we think, well, maybe it's that one day, but it, it also says something for us that it's, it, that's something we can do every day, not just today, but it says to value them, to esteem them, to recognize them. Because behind every great or famous person, I found out this week, there's a mother. Uh, there's no such thing as a, a, a leader who wasn't born. You know, Billy Graham, Brad Pitt, Mariana's Trench, James Reimer, who's keeping the Leafs in it. They all are here. Great men because, because of mothers. You, do, you have little faith. You just wait. Uh, but, you know, it's so much more than just giving birth to, uh, to kids. Honoring mothers for the sacrifices that they've, that they've made. You know, it's, it, it, they, they've found out that women who have children, they, they have three months uh, of their year that is dedicated directly to them. So if you, if, you, if you don't have children, you have three months of holidays that those other people don't ever get to uh, 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 have. And, and just realizing that something that, um, that is a gift. It's a gift and that we, we ch- um, cherish that. I can't, you know, but cherishing, cherishing the relationships that we have, cherishing the people that we, that we have that are over us, our parents, he's saying, but cherishing the relationships under us. Honor goes both ways. Honor goes not just to say, yeah, I'm going to honor my parents, but as parents, we would honor our children. That, that's the whole thing of, of the gospel community, of this, this thing called God's family, is that we would try and out-honor each other. You know, the other people are always more valuable than ourselves. Um, spending, spending time with, uh, with kids, it says there was uh, the mother of three notoriously unruly youngsters was asked whether or not she'd have children if she had to do it over again. Yes, she replied, but just not the same ones. And I, and I thought sometimes it's that we get to that place where it's like, it can get a little hectic and crazy. But if we remember honor, then we'd realize it's not just to be honored as a mother, but to, to um, or as a father, or as a, as a, as a uh, parent, or as, you know, uh, someone else. But it says to, to also be honoring. Be someone who is an honoring uh, person, one that values being who you are. They said that one of the challenges of mothers is that they have low self-esteem. They don't think that uh, what they do is worth it. 
I went to a tech conference this uh, today. It's where all the geeks go. And one of them uh, had on his bumper sticker, it said, he who changes diapers changes the world. And I was like, yes, that is a, such a good thought. And then I thought, you know what? The he who changes diapers in my house is more often a she. And I thought, you're right. You know, that uh, those who are changing diapers are, are changing the world. Whether it's your own kids, whether it's in the nursery downstairs, whether it's with Hopefully they're not still doing that in like the, the junior classes downstairs. But you, but you, you get the idea that, that being investing your life in someone else's is changing their world and can, it can ultimately change the world. Think about who changed Billy Graham's diapers. Man, changing the world. Uh, honoring mothers. Influencing mothers. You know, hoping that our children will choose friends that have a positive influence on them. That's my heart and my hope that as they pick friends, they're going to be good friends. But once we... So, so often uh, forget to realize is the amount of influence that we have over children. We have over our own children uh, or, or others. And, and the opportunity to really change lives comes with understanding that we have the power to influence. And uh, 2 Timothy, if you just go there. 2 Timothy chapter uh, 1, verse 4 to 5. Thanks. I long to see you again. Uh, it's talking to Timothy. Paul is saying this. For I remember your tears as we parted. I'll be filled with joy when we're together again. I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your, uh, and your mother Eunice. And I know that the same faith continues strong in you. It's something, you know, that Paul mentions it. He mentions, hey, you know what, Timothy, you got great genuine faith, but you, uh, you came by it through some pretty special people. He says, there were some people in your life, a grandma and a mom, who really spoke into your life. That genuine faith was there and it's being passed down. It can be generational. So often we hear about generational curses, but I believe generational blessing for, uh, for this, for you and for your family. That we would be the, those that pass um, blessing down faith, genuine faith down um, to our children, to the next generation, to uh, those who, who are coming behind us. Uh, I think about that, that, um, you know, there's the, the, in the Bible it just talks about Joshua. You know, he's this great commander and leader. He led the children of Israel to the promised land. And they, they conquered everything. We know the battle of Jericho. We think about those thoughts. Do you know the saddest thing is at the end of that? It talks about how the generation that followed Joshua uh, did not serve the Lord. So the people who did it all, they conquered and they were great and they had a great time doing it. But their teens and their youth never got a hold of that to say, I want to serve and I want to follow the Lord. But that's something that we have the chance to influence and to pass that down. And, and I hope that we would take that. You know, Eunice and Lois valued the word. You can tell they valued prayer. They're they are praying mamas. And, uh, you know, there's something to be said about that. You know, I thank my mom. She was, she was a, a, a praying mom. She had, she'd pray at weird times. She'd pray usually about 2 or 3 a.m. She'd wake up and she'd go pray. And uh, we rarely knew that she had prayed for us. She prayed for us uh, many, many nights uh, a week. And yet there was this one time where we realized that my brother had got, um, he, he loves snakes. So he decided he'd get some snakes from a friend of his. So he got two boa, uh, boa constrictors, red-tailed boas. One was 10 feet long, one was 9 feet long, and then a little ball python. And he had them locked up in his cage downstairs. Well, my mom hates snakes, just absolutely paranoid. She's like, thought they, you know, thought they're the devil himself. And so that night she gets up to pray, and, and uh, she's, she's praying. You hear this shriek, this scream. We wake up, what's wrong? And sure enough, mom has been praying through the house, and she stepped on one of the snakes. It had gotten out, and it was out in the hallway. It just turned out to be the vacuum hose that she left there earlier that day. You know? Uh, but I was thankful 
you know, that she didn't give up praying after that and realize that she keep praying for these kids. I believe that, that I'm here and where I am today because of the fact that there was a mom, my mom, praying for me. There's something about praying moms. Uh, uh, Leon, I was listening to him a while back, he just said that the only difference between a, a pit bull and a praying mom is lipstick. And I thought, you know, it's really true. They just, they go for it. Um, don't become burdened with saving or trying to save your children. You know, before I was a parent, I never thought of this, but, but there's, there's that thought that, you know, we want our kids, so badly want our kids to grow up and serve the Lord, and yet that is not something that is um, ultimately in our hands. The same saving power that, uh, that saved us, Holy Spirit working in our lives, well, I, I, like we said, the faith that we had to believe came from Christ. He, it didn't come from our parents. It came from Christ. We can pray and believe that God's going to reach our kids, give them the best opportunity to know the Lord. But that same thing for him, uh, if, they, if, they, if they come to, to know the Lord and follow Christ, it's ultimately going to be something that he did in their lives. We have the chance to create atmosphere and opportunity for that to happen. But don't burden yourself with the thought of you having to make that happen. We can't do it. We, we can't. And some, they feel there's such an overburden uh, to do that, to, to save their kids, that they're policing their kids. They're like Holy Spirit in their kids' lives. They're like laying down uh, rules and laws so much so, that it's so tight and stringent that they never have the chance to really meet the, uh, the, 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 the real person of Jesus Christ. I say that two ways. There's a balance there where there's the opportunity to say, hey, show them that relationship with Jesus. Let them see him real in your life. You know, there's going to be rules that for sure, but that, that those rules are connected hand in hand with relationship with Jesus. And out of that, they have that opportunity to grow. But so many of these moms have that, that thought of, oh no, my kids aren't serving the Lord and it's my fault. Do you know that guilt, shame creates the worst uh, possible uh, opportunity for you to parent? Don't be under that. Be free from that. There's shame off you. Uh, there is no shame in him. That's the greatness of what Holy Spirit has done. And out of that, you just draw closer to Christ. And through that, your kids see relationship with Jesus being real. And through that, they experience freedom. They experience that life. Be an encouraging mom. I want to encourage you to, uh, to do that, to put courage into your kids. Uh, that's what encouragement is. It puts courage into them. Our kids are facing things these days that sometimes we just don't even realize. The amount of the amount of stress, the amount of the, the, the uh, decisions that they have to make, even at a young age, the, the people they, that they're going to hang around with, put courage into your kids to stand up for what's right. And just to build them up, uh, you know, the, the leader day, we had one of the guys, Jack Welch, he's the, he was the CEO of um, General Electric. He's, not, he's no small dude. Uh, this guy, he uh, had said too that self-confidence is something so lacking. In, uh, in people today, but it's self-confidence in people that will cause them to be able to rise, rise above and to be able to live lives and be a benefit to their businesses and in their life. And I just realized he's, he's on the right track, but self-confidence really comes from knowing who you are in Christ. It's whose you are. Letting your kids know, you know, they don't have to be uh, everything about their performance and who they are. That's what the gospel sets us free from. To say it's not about what you do, it's who you are. It's who you are. I watched my daughter the other day playing on, on the table. Oh, it was this afternoon. Uh, she's playing on the table, and she's playing with two little ponies, right? The My Little Pony and the My Littler Pony. Uh, so the, the Littler Pony, it did something bad. She actually pushed the dinky car off the table, and the My Little Pony says to her, you, you bad pony, you just broke that car. You're not my daughter anymore. And I was like, where does she learn that stuff, you know? <laughs> but, 
There's that thought sometimes where, where it, you know, I always think of that too as in our, in our walk with Christ sometimes we think that that's the way it is, that if we do something bad, well, he doesn't love us anymore. But even in our kids to realize that, um, that in their, uh, Susanna Wesley, we'll talk about her in a bit, she raised some pretty incredible kids, but she said one of the things of her six, six laws of parenting for her life was that she would never punish a, a, a sin that was openly confessed from her kids, but she would never let one go that she discovered. And it was that thought of saying to encourage her kids to be honest and open with her and growing uh, in that, that they're not, who, uh, not what they do. Do you realize that the words you speak speak life and death into their lives? Continue to speak words of life into our kids, into the kids of this family. It, it holds so much weight. So we'd say you've got honoring mothers, influencing mothers, and then we got the other mothers. Uh, you know, when we were kids, our best friends, we always said, you know, we're the brothers from other mothers. And uh, there's other mothers that we have in our lives that are, that are incredible teachers, incredible mentors. Uh, and, you know, there's that saying, it takes a village to raise a child. That's what, that's what this is. That's what this family is of, of people that get together to, to raise uh, a, a group, the next generation. Um, there's famous mother-in-laws in the Bible. I'm blessed to have an amazing mother-in-law. You say that word to most people, and it's like, ugh. For me, it's fantastic. She even brought me dinner tonight. Like, I... I, I I shared because she's taught me good things about that as well. My, my real mother taught me to share. But you know, you know what? I'm just blessed. Blessed in that area. But I see that in the Bible too. There was a woman. No, I don't share that. Uh, Naomi and Ruth. You know, in the book of Ruth, if you read the story, I'll just give you a quick little rundown. Uh, Naomi is the, is the uh, mom, and uh, Ruth is her son-in-law, married her son. Well, Naomi's sons both die. She no longer has children of her own. And yet, she loves these, these girls who uh, their sons had chosen, who were from the wrong side of the tracks. They had married outside of their country, which was something you just don't do back then. And, you know, most of us would say, oh, man, those kids that, you know, those, 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 those people that my child chose, I just, I didn't raise them that way. You know, why did they go and marry that person? Unbelievable. Um, and, and say, you know, those are some of those things. But it says that Naomi, she just loved uh, and had relationship. You see it because in turn, Ruth said to Naomi at the time when she went back to her country, she said, you know what, Naomi, I'm going where you go. Uh, our relationship is so, is so valuable that wherever you go, she says, well, I'm going back to the people of God. That's where I belong. And it says that, that Ruth went to, to become a part of the family of God. Why? Because of a relationship with her mother-in-law. I want to encourage you to love, say, the love in the people that aren't there yet. Because out of that, man, the influence that could happen in their lives, they could become part of the family of God based on that, based on the people that are, that are other mothers, the amazing influence that we can have in, in lives. You know, the common challenges of mothers are read through. There was a couple other things. The one that said they need outside, um, needing outside role models. You know, I want to encourage you. The Bible knew about that a long time ago. Uh, Paul said to Titus, he says, hey, let encourage your, your older women you know, the, the 90 plus, to uh, encourage those younger women, you know, the 60 plus, to encourage the younger women, to encourage the younger women, to keep passing that down, putting courage in, encouraging uh, one another, you know, to be teachers, to teach our kids, to teach in, in kids' church, to show them uh, what it is to, to have life with God, not to teach them, oh, here's moral things you do, this is what's right and this is what's wrong, teach them how to know God. He'll figure that, that other stuff out in their life. And the last thought is to, to be renewing mothers or to be renewing people. Um, can, it, can it be overwhelming at times to be a parent? Can it be overwhelming at times to be a mentor? You know, does it, does it ever get to that spot, you know, where you're making dinner, you got screaming kids and an impatient husband, you know, waiting, or maybe you're the one cooking. It's like, it just is nuts. Or you're juggling dentist appointments, soccer uh, appointments, homework, bedtimes, you know, 
stress um, uh, from just too many demands on your life, you know, it's, it can get overwhelming. And maybe for you, it's the opposite. Maybe your life is like, a, you've got it so routine that you're just bored, bored and lonely. You know, think about some of our single moms that just, they're just trying so hard to get everything done. And you guys are amazing. But sometimes you get in that spot where you're just, where you're just in that zone and that zone becomes your rut. It becomes your, just becomes a life and it's not life. We want to encourage you to be renewing moms. Susanna Wesley, the one I was just telling you about, she wasn't very well off. They were actually very poor. Probably part uh, into, uh, due to the next thought is they had 19 children. 19. Her maiden name was Duggar. Um, but she, um, she married a guy named uh, uh, Samuel Wesley. They had 19 children. Eight of them died in infancy. But John Wesley was one of her sons who grew up to be an amazing man, preached 40,000 sermons. The Methodist church that we know of, uh, that, that whole uh, idea was started by uh, Jonathan Wesley. His brother, Charles Wesley, wrote 6,000 hymns, most of which we never sing, but, uh, okay, all of which we never sing, but um, he wrote hymns that have changed uh, churches uh, through, the, through the years. He actually wrote one we do sing, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Ever heard that one? Yeah, he wrote that one. Jesus, he knows it. Jesus, lover of my soul, we have a modern version based on that one. Uh, oh, for a thousand tongues to sing, my great Redeemer's praise. Written by Charles Wesley. These guys, you know, great, great guys who actually did literally change the world as we know it. Um, these guys, they had a mom who had all of this commotion going on and busyness going on. And she was doing most of it uh, on her own. But you know what? Something that they said about her is that she spoke to the Lord every single day. She made sure that she found a time to refresh and renew herself so that she'd be a great mom to these kids. She'd spend time talking to him and then spend time talking to, the, to her kids about him and with him. And the only way she could do it in her little house with all those kids, she would sit down in her rocking chair, take her apron, put it over her head, and that meant, kids, don't talk to me. Mama's praying. You know, there's a thing of saying, where do you find that time? Do you able to find that spot to just refresh and renew. Isaiah 40, verse 28 to 31. Just love this. I love this thought. And I want to encourage, uh, I want to encourage you moms, parents, it says this. Have you never heard? <laughs> have you never heard? This whole chapter was just about how amazing God is. And at the end he says this. Have you never understood that the Lord is the everlasting God? He's the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak and he never grows weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He says he gives power to the weak. He gives it. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youth will become weak and tired. Young men will fall in exhaustion. And this is the one on coffee cups. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. He's basically saying, hey, you might realize or feel like you're a burden. He says, but it's something up here. Have you not realized or understood who your God is? Do you realize who he is? He's right there. It says those who trust in him, those who look to him, those who put their hope and just say, God, my hope is in you to be the parent, to be the person you want me to be. It says this, they're going to soar. Love it. They're going to soar high on wings like eagles. They're going to run. They're not going to grow weary. They will walk and they're not going to faint. Why? Because their hope, their trust is, is in God. They find that spot and it's really basically the same thing. They just find a way to refresh themselves in him. Um, what are the things that refresh you as, as parents too? You know, re recreation. What do you do for recreation? Recreation is recreation. It's recreating who you are. 
Don't wait for that one week of holidays you get in the summer where you go there and all you can think about is work and complaining about your boss and everything else. Find, find something that you do monthly that just re rejuvenates you. Maybe you like to go on hikes. Maybe you like to go, uh, you know, take the dog for a, for a, uh, a swim in, uh, in Townsend Creek. I don't know, maybe whatever it is. Maybe for you it's like you, you got to do something more adventurous like d downhill biking or skiing or, or something that, maybe it's shopping. Maybe you're like into like, you know, extreme shopping where, you know, hit the mall with a credit card. There you go. We know that whatever it is, whatever it may be, within reason, um, to, uh, to refresh yourself, to, to just get back and go, man, I feel so much better. For some of you, that's going to be going and hanging out with a whole bunch of people. I came here dead tired tonight. I feel like a million bucks right now, thanks to you guys. When I get around people, just you do something for me. My wife, on the other hand, she gets around people, she's like, oh, I'm tired just seeing them. You know, for her, she gets by herself, and it's like she'll, she'll go away for an hour. I have no idea what she does. She comes back, she's like, oh, good, good to go again. Why? Because that's the way she finds that chance to refresh herself, to do that monthly, weekly, daily. Find that time just to say, this is where I want to recreate who I am again, just to, just to be strong again. It's in him. Proverbs 17, 22, and I end with this, says this, a cheerful heart is good like medicine. You know, laughing is good for you. It really is. Uh, it's find times to laugh. Find the, find the stuff that just gets you, that, uh, that, that, that causes that cheerfulness in you. It, it's it just brings that strength. It's what we were designed to do and to be. I had a really funny video, forgot it at home. So um, I apologize for that. So uh, somebody will tell a knock-knock joke later. But Abraham Lincoln said this, no man is poor who has, uh, who's had a godly mother. I think that's one of the things that, that today as we've looked at it across the board, you know, we want to honor, we want to honor those uh, who, are, who are moms, who are going to be moms, who have been amazing moms, who are no longer with us. Uh, to say that we honor, we respect, we, we uh, make a big deal of because uh, we realize that that's, that's his thought. But that we look around and see the other people sitting around us too. And we do the same thing for them, to honor them, to value them, to make much of them. You know, you may not have the resources to give your kids a new car, a university education, you know, a down payment on a house, but you can give them some of the greatest tools for life. If we'd be people that look to the next generation and try and pass on these thoughts of honor, to influence, to encourage, and to renew, man, we'll make a difference that uh, will be there to change our world around us, uh, literally change our world around us. So I just want to encourage you with that tonight, just leave that with you, praying Holy Spirit, I've been praying that all day today, the Holy Spirit would just drop the word into your heart. Maybe it's what Barry said, maybe it was in a song we sang, but that, that way you would take that and say, okay, God, just let that grow in me till it does everything that you wanted it to. Can I pray for you tonight? Father, I just pray that over uh, this family. I thank you for uh, the wonderful gifts of each other that you've given to us. Uh, I pray, Lord, again tonight, your blessing over, uh, over their conversations, their time together. Uh, Lord, I pray over the words, too, that uh, are from you, your word just shared in, in, uh, into their hearts, that, uh, God, it would grow, it would bear fruit in them, that they would take these uh, thoughts and, and draw close to you, and through that, uh, their hearts would be changed and, and they would be a difference and be able to bring change to those around them. I thank you for that, but not uh, limited to any age, that as we just reach out for you, that we find you, that we grow strong in you. Uh, God, I just want to say thank you for, for, this, uh, for this family again. It, it, we're truly blessed to, to be a part of it. Pray you bless them as they go from here tonight. May they be a light that shines for you. May hope, joy, and your love fill other lives uh, for your kingdom, for your glory. Uh, it's because of you, Jesus, we pray this. Amen.